It's the 60 Go podcast presented by Men's Sports. Damien Seabolt joins me. Steve's, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Now, crazy weekend. Uh, I want to start with the Sharks-Rabbitohs game. Sharks were in free fall for the previous few weeks. And the Rabbitohs, their win over the Tigers is probably uh, a little bit scratchy now when you went, go back and look at it. Latrell really saved them in a couple of big moments there. And without Latrell, they probably lose that game now, looking back. Yep. Uh, are the Rabbitohs in trouble? Yes, not, not. I don't think they missed the A trouble, but I think it shows that maybe the Tigers aren't as bad as what we think and the Rabbitohs aren't as good as what we think. So the Rabbitohs were very lucky against the Tigers. Tigers had opportunities and probably should have won that game the week before. Then Tigers turned around and were a little bit unlucky against the Raiders on the weekend. And I, I think the Raiders aren't as good as what we think also. So, you know, they're treading water also. But the performance that the Rabbits put together on Saturday night was... It was it was poor. It really was. They had no energy. Their attention to detail was poor. Um, their key players in in Cody Walker, Latrell wasn't too bad. He he tried. I just don't think he got opportunities to to really shine. I mean, he might have been able to go looking for the footy a bit more, but Cody Walker was way off. He was way off the mark. The, the first thing I thought of, and of course the we could talk about the sin bins and send offs all weekend long because I thought a few of them were out of control. But the biggest thing that I thought in that game was they've just spent, let's say, eight to 900000 on Jack Whiten for next year. Don't you think that money would have been better used in the forwards? Yeah, the, we've spoken about it for you know, a couple of years. A lot of people who watch the Rabbitohs, they fall over because they're one or two quality middles short. And then as soon as they've got a couple of injuries, which they've got now again with um, Jai Arrow getting injured on the weekend, you know, he, he's, he takes a bit away from them. I think that they're really going to struggle to do anything come finals. And they've got Isaiah Tass there who, look, he's not some superstar, but he's good enough. Yeah, he goes fine, yeah. He, and Isaiah Tass is a better centre than the forward that will come in uh, and come off the bench for Yeah, for, 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 for sure. And, you know, I, I think... Um, I actually think for all the talk about how good Campbell Graham is, and I'm not saying he's not good, I think he is, he's elite, but he hasn't had a very good year. He hasn't had a good three or four months. Um, so he's, he's off the pace at the moment. And poor Tyrone Munro had an absolute shocker. Um, I think there's clearly some talent there. He's, he's an athletic young fella, and um, he looks like he's going to be one of those people who can turn you know, something, well, nothing into something quite easily, but he had a horrible game. Uh, they they were on fire earlier in the year, the Rabbitohs, and they 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 went through the stretch of probably five games in a row where they knocked over the Storm, knocked over the Broncos, knocked over Penrith, and a lot of those wins were pretty convincing. I think Parramatta might have been in there as well. Uh, uh, no, Parramatta touched them up. That was when things started to turn for them. Yeah, but earlier on in that stretch, you know, we did yeah. power rankings. We had them at number yeah, one definitely. at one stage. And uh, do you think that they can get back to that? Are these problems fixable before the semi-finals? Because they're like you want to be. You want to be starting to playing your best football of the year now and and really springboarding into the finals like that. You can't just sort of study your way in. Well, I think that's been the problem with South for a number of years now. It's, you know, probably the last three seasons, maybe four, it's been a, um, oh, well, you know, we only need to turn up when it matters. We know we're good enough to just flick the switch and, and beat whoever's in front of us. And, 
it doesn't matter if the opposition scores 28 because we're going to score 30. So I think that's where their problem lies. And when they turned things around last year and at the start of this year, it was their defense that was rock solid. Their defense is rubbish. It really is. They leak points way too easy. The Sharks had struggled to score a point for the last month. And, you know, they were all over them. And they were missing Will Kennedy as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. So the, I certainly don't think that the... I think the biggest takeaway is I don't think the problems are over for the Sharks. I think that I think that this win could be a little bit uh, of a fugazi. In a couple of weeks' time, we could look back on this and say, hey, the Rabbits aren't going that great either. But yeah, the proof but will be in the pudding. It will be, mate. And, and honestly, we had um, we'd completely written the Sharks off last week. And well, now they've won and they win one more game and they're probably home, aren't they? Uh, as far as the top eight appearance, yes. yes. But they would, oh, they're not doing a thing. They'd be sitting, sitting ducks in the yeah. finals. Uh, the other one I want to mention is the Cowboys uh, losing to the Broncos. The Cowboys were up for so long. They had that unfortunate loss against the Titans um, a couple of weeks ago. And, God, God, that is going to be costly. I know they've got the bye this week, which gets them at two points. Yeah. But you can't afford to start like they did. And Parramatta's another one as well. Like, you can't afford... Yeah, that's right. They just... They're, they're, they gave themselves too much work. I mean, Para may scrape in, Cowboys may scrape in, but if they do, they're sitting ducks yep. because of the hard work that they've had to do to get here. The Cowboys side of things, you could see coming. Yep. You know, a couple of the wins they had in that stretch were a little bit scratchy and underwhelming. I remember the Golden Point win they had against Penrith. Yeah. But Penrith had all their origin stars out. That's right, yeah. So there was that one. Um, there was the night where, without a bit of drink water individual brilliance, they probably shouldn't have beat Manly, um, and there was one other game. I'm trying to think of which one it was, but there was one other game in that last month where yeah, they were a little bit underwhelming. And the Broncos, I thought that was a pretty pretty crucial win for the Broncos going yeah, up to, up to the Townsville. Yep. Uh, no Adam Reynolds, so yep. could go either way. But it just shows you the the importance of depth in key positions throughout the NRL. So they've got a guy like um, Jock Madden who comes in and and plays. Good enough. Yeah, he and did. He did you, a job. You look at you look at some of these teams who, when a playmaker goes down, they are scraping the bottom of the barrel. Well, we overlooked it, and I did meant to bring it up with the the rabbits. I think Lockie Elias is struggling big time. Speaking of playmakers, that's another another big issue that they've got, and one of the reasons why I think they're struggling. Do, do we expect too much of these young playmakers, though? Or do we just set them up to the Nathan Cleary standard? Um, and then, oh, well, possibly. I mean, I know the media likes to really hype players up and get carried away with, with what they can do. And, you know, you might play two good games and then all of a sudden you're the next origin half. But Lockie Elias is not in his second year. He's been around for a few years now. So this is his third year, I think. And, um, yeah, I just think he's, he's off a bit at the moment. He's struggling. Uh, another game I want to mention is the Warriors-Titans game. God, I thought the Titans were courageous in this game to be able to hang in there. And I know that... Uh, the Warriors coming off a bye and travelling as well. It's always a big game for them in the Gold Coast because New Zealand population Gold Coast is pretty big. Yeah, it is. And in, historically, I think that they've actually struggled there, haven't they? Yes. So I, I, I think that um, I, I wouldn't be raising the alarm bells yet, uh, but it's certainly uh, a moment for them to... It, it's one of those games where it probably feels like a loss. Because they only won 10 points in the last few minutes against a team with 12 people for 60 minutes. But that's the type of team that they've become now is, um, you know, they just find a way to win. Yep. So and that's the difference between them and the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys have gone on a great run. The Warriors had been on a great run themselves. They have a couple of off weeks, but they still are finding a way to win, whereas the Cowboys haven't been able to the last fortnight. 
Same with Para the week before. Um, you know, they'd been on a run that got themselves back in contention and then just couldn't quite get over the line. And the most important game of the week, I feel, was Panthers and Storm. Now, watching this game closely, Panthers were just so good. It, and I was thinking about how do you beat Penrith? The importance to me of the nine going up against Penrith is yep. phenomenal because they cramp you so much with their defense in your own 40 and their defensive line speed is so good. If you don't have a nine that can create a couple of feet or a couple of meters yeah. for your extra forwards to get that momentum on, you're cooked. So, uh, but even that, though, oh, even that doesn't, doesn't really make oh, a difference. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But I think that uh, Harry Grant was was underwhelming the other night. And I think a big reason for that was no Jerome Hughes. Uh, his yeah. halves de- definitely yeah, let him definitely, down. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, but I think the best the best dummy half, ironically, I think, to go up against Penrith, and maybe this is why they had success against them earlier in the year, is Appy Coruscant. Because he, I, to me, he's the best at creating a little bit more movement. Yeah, well, he gets out and he can bring players onto the footy a little bit more yeah. and just makes them hesitate a split second. Um, so, yeah, it's... I, I thought he'd be better, though, at the Tigers. I really did. You know, I know he's going okay and he's trying hard, but he hasn't really made much of a difference there at all. How do you beat this Penrith team? Because well, they're, right now, they're the best defensive team of the NRL era. You've got to throw your head at someone's forearm. You know, look, I know that's a ridiculous statement, but how else do you beat them? The only way I can see them losing is if someone gets sin-binned or sent off and um, the, the opposition can then get on a roll. I just don't think that any of the other sides are good enough to get them. The Storm played basically the entire game in their own half. Yep. And they were ill-disciplined, Ill, Ill absolutely. But put that to the side, you just can't get out against Penrith. Like, we saw this last year, and when Penrith really started to find their form at the back end of the season, they yep. versed the Raiders. I'm not sure if you remember this game. They bashed them. The Raiders had zero play the balls in opposition half yeah. for, for the whole half. And you think then the run that Parramatta had been on last year... But they were they were on fire, and it was their forward pack that were doing the damage, and you know laying a platform. Then come grand final day, and Penrith's line speed just absolutely blew them apart, and Power couldn't get off, get, couldn't get on the front foot. They couldn't get over the advantage line. So, do you have them as certainties to of uh, go first being their grand final day? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I are. Yeah. Uh, I think it would take a. Something strange is going to have to happen. Someone's going to have to get sent off. Yeah, absolutely. I I cannot see uh, a world where Penrith doesn't win this year. I just don't think anyone... No one has the talent that Penrith has has a squad, right? But it's the fact that they also have the best system as well at the moment. Yeah, that's right. And and they... Okay, well, let's let's look look at 1-17. to Well, Broncos have probably got a more athletic 1-17. to They might have a faster 1-17. to Yep. But Penrith are so well drilled. Everyone knows their role. It's shown by week in, week out. Anyone can fill a position. I mean, Zach Hosking played in the centres the other day. In the past, if a back row played in the centres against the Storm, they would have just worked that bloke over and, and annihilated him. Well, he did a job. He didn't look out of place. So I just think that the way that they coach from their junior level all the way through, I'm clear he's done a great job. People will take the piss out of Phil Gould for the rest of his life. He clearly set something up there years ago, which is just constantly rolling through that place. And every single one of them knows what's expected. Well, people like Sean O'Sullivan, 
uh, who who have gone there to be a reserve. Like they they've gotten a big contract off the back of that, and yep. now Jock uh, Madden yep. has gotten a big. Oh, sorry, Jack Jock, Jack Cogger. Jack, Jack Cogger. Jack Cogger. Jock Madden. Yeah. he was with Tigers. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So Jack Cogger now off to Newcastle yep. as well. So uh, a lot of these guys are finding success. And another one, you know, the next one will be Dane Laurie. Dane Laurie's going back to Penrith now. He'll go somewhere and flourish as well. Yeah, he's a good footballer. I, I don't know what the issues there are. Maybe he's a bit loose. Yeah. Um, I don't. don't we never clear. I haven't never heard any stories, but. Yeah, it's strange that he's not playing consistent first grade. But he has the talent to go back there. Let's say Dylan Edwards gets injured for a few weeks. He comes in and starts. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And he's probably, he's got the talent to be a man of the match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it, I wrote an article this week in the paper, and this takes nothing away from uh, how good Penrith are, because I do believe that they deserve to be very short price favourites heading into the finals. Um, if you if you look over the past few years, right, so... Uh, I looked over the past three years, first of all, in 2021. The Storm were on top of the ladder with 42 competition points at this point of the year. Yep. So at this point of the year, they are on 42 competition what points. What year was that? 2000? 2021. 21, yep. This is when they won 20 yep. in a row or something. So at this point, they had 42 competition points, and in eighth position were Cronulla on 20. Wow. So there was 11 wins yep. between first and eighth. Okay, so in 2022... At this point, Penrith were on top with 40 competition points. And if you use that same gap of 20 points that was the year before from 1 to 8, you go down to 11th uh, with that margin. And at the time, uh, so between 11th and 1st was 20 points. So you've gone from 8 to 11. And now, if you go 20 points, you're going down to 16th. Yeah. That's crazy. 16th is 20 points. The competition is definitely a lot tighter. It's just purely the fact that the Panthers are just so good. Panthers right. are so good. Tigers are not good. Everyone else is a, almost a toss of the coin game. You know, the Dragons and Bulldogs or Dolphins are a bit off. But yeah. realistically, we've seen those three teams beat teams they shouldn't have during the year as well. So yeah, And, and after doing that exercise, there were two things I took away from it. Nothing to take away from Penrith because they're still the clear dominant team. Yeah. And second of all, there is no excuse now for these teams to go through these six, seven, eight year rebuilds. I'm looking at you, West Tigers. Yeah. Because the the parity of the competition has never been better. The NRL would be loving this. Oh, they, they would, mate. It's outstanding. And look, let's take away 13th to 17th because the Titans are starting to fall away. Dolphins have well and truly overachieved. Um, they're heading for bottom four, which we thought, you know, dogs are just, they do my head in. Um, the Dragons are, are average and the Tigers are, are just a not, not a good footy side and they haven't been for a long for a long time. But where I'm going to is from 12th all the way up to, let's go to the Raiders in fifth. There's probably two or three games that we could count for every one of those sides in that bunch that they've lost in golden point or by two points or by a field goal, that it's just a matter of turning one or two of those around and they're all of a sudden sitting in fourth or fifth. That's right. And that's, I think, the point you're trying to make as well is about you might be out of the eight at the moment, but two good weeks or turning two or three of those tight ones around and all of a sudden you go from 12th to 4th. A good month of football has never been more valuable. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and the fact that teams like the Cowboys and and the Cowboys they were coming second last uh, uh, at about round ten. Yeah. So the fact that they were able to string six, seven wins together, all of a sudden that catapults you up. Now they still might miss the eight. Yeah, that's right. And I, I think they will. Yes, I agree. But the fact is that 
I think that this will be the case now going forward as well. Even though we do have Penrith, that is this juggernaut outlier, a good month of football has never been more valuable. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think um, teams like teams like the the Seagulls and the Knights really display that more than most. I got, I well, I think the Knights just they flat out make the eight now. I think they they're a lay down, and and Manly, I'd completely put a line through them a month ago, and all of a sudden they win a couple of games and. If they won that game on the weekend, they would have been sitting in sixth or seventh as well. So it's just crazy, um, yeah, how, how tight things are. The Roosters beat Manly last week. Uh, the, for the Roosters to make the eight, they have to win every game. Yeah. And the last week... Yeah, they play South. They play South. Yeah. And that could be yeah. dead set to who makes the eight out of those two teams. I know. I just don't think... I don't think it's going to matter, even if they win every game. Oh, There's I too agree. many teams above them that are going to keep chipping away. Add into their tally. I agree, and that it probably also rules out the thing because we are so strong on Penrith at the moment, and everyone should be. Um, this is not the year that a team will come outside the top four to win. No. Um, and the the thing about Penrith too, I see. I, I was watching the game on Friday night, and I see Joey talking about, you know, the Broncos can challenge them. It's like, well, yes, okay, well, yeah, they could. They've got the talent, like, they've got, yeah, the I, speed and agility, athleticism. They've got all those things. Sure. But if you were to be serious about it, and I know any given Sunday a team can yep. win, but it would take a catastrophic implosion for Penrith to not beat the Broncos right now That's if it. everyone was healthy. My, my team that I think if anyone was going to pull off a miracle and beat them, I think it's the Warriors. That would be pretty wild. I just There's just something about that the wave of, of momentum that they've built this year. Can you imagine trying to go to New Zealand and win a semi-final. I wouldn't want to, and that's why I think the top two is important. Yeah. I still do think it will go through Penrith and Brisbane, um, but I tell you what, I don't think the Warriors will lose again for the rest of the year. So That's th- right. Yeah, so that's exactly right. So they may sneak into second. Even if they don't, they're not playing Penrith. Well, I think the Warriors can beat Brisbane, whether it's in Brizzy or, or New Zealand. Yeah. I think they can. Yeah. Um, and then where I'm going is, can you imagine having to go then and play a, a prelim in New Zealand? You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. And, and then that wave of just everyone getting on board, the team that helped keep the comp together for two years while putting themselves out of the comfort zone, it's just going to, yeah. It'd be pretty brutal. It'd be enormous. Um, let's do our top fives to finish it off. So this week we're going to do the top five players who are 21 or under. Now... Yeah, look, should we put, let's put a disclaimer out there right now, because I know that some people will like to have a dig at us. Bradman Bess turns 22 tomorrow. (laughs) And a few of the guys on my 21 or under list are 21 turning 22 this year. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's how I I just wanted to put it, put that out there. As long as they're 21 at the time of this podcast, happy birthday to Bradman. If you're listening tomorrow, (laughs) Uh, number five, Isaac Tungo. Yeah, nice. Forgot about him completely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well he, played. He's one of the most improved players yeah, in the competition. He's good. And uh, he started off as a back row on the juniors, but that centre position is his at Penrith for as long as he wants it. Yeah, no, that's a good one. I forgot all about him. Um, I've got Lofty Khan Pereira. Khan Pereira, yeah. He's, he, the game that I thought was most impressive by him was against the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, he stood he up Selwyn Cobo yeah. a couple of times. And uh, speed speed kills. But if, if I got to um, just reassess my top five, with the knowledge of remembering Isaac Targo. Khan's out. <laughs> yes. Targo's in. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, number four, I've got the hammer. Yeah. Okay. Forgot about him too. <laughs> Mate, did you do any research? Yeah. Two- I did plenty of research, yeah. but... <laughs> Mate, it's been a big couple of days for you. It has the- been. <laughs> it's been a tough weekend. Um, yeah, the hammer. The hammer can be in a photo finish for... Um, for fourth spot, I'll I'll, okay. br- I'll bracket it. Yeah, <laughs> who you got? Will Panasini. Yeah, good player. Because I, I I just think my thought process behind a few of these guys is I'm not looking for someone who's just exploded or or you know had a good six months. Camperera was an exception. He's come through this year, but I wanted to to look at people who have been around for for a couple of years and done it for two or three years, and that's why Will Panasini ticks that box for me. I, He's a good footballer, and he's been doing it since he was 18. There was a lot of rumours about Will Penasini going to Rugby Union because uh, he's quite close to Joe Suwali, where they went to the same school and yeah. played in the same team. So uh, I, I hope he doesn't. I hope he stays in Rugby League because he's a very good player. Uh, number three, Bradman Best for me. Um, he's uh, he's always had the talent, but he's certainly backed it up, particularly defensively this year. He's been outstanding. State of origin, he was awesome, obviously. But uh, uh, built like a brick, you know what, and yeah. uh, very good player. Very, very good footballer. I've got uh, Tola Kula. The yep. uh, the manly center, I think he's very very similar to Will Penasini. Um, looks a handful to tackle, got explosive speed off the mark, um, really good skill set. I just think he's a better defender than Penasini, so that's why I had him a little bit higher. I'd be surprised if our top two weren't the same. Mm. So I've got going to be surprised. <laughs> I've got Reese Walsh number two. I've got Reese Walsh at number two. Yeah, well there you go. And uh, Reese Walsh, to me he. It's not like he's improved drastically since the Warriors. He's just playing in a better team. Yeah, but, it makes um, a difference for him, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And it just shows uh, the importance of having a good team around you when you're a playmaker, and he certainly capitalised on that at the Broncos. So you got a number one. Well, at number one, I've actually got Bradman Best. Bradman Best. Okay. Yeah. So who'd you... Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Who have you got at one? Who else have I forgotten? No space for Nanai? Nah... No, I, I might have. Yeah, I might have squeezed him into to fifth, maybe if I redid it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Nan, I, I, he's he's missed more football yeah. than he would have liked to have this year. But yeah. to I me, know he played Origin and well, and he played for Australia. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. He's, only, he's played about twenty-two games. Yeah, that'll do for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it, and I'd, I yeah, I could maybe argue to get, or squeeze him into. Into fifth and, and reshuffle a couple. Yeah, uh, Brad- I'm not. I'm not as dirty about forgetting him as I am Hammerso. Yeah, the hammer. Yeah, the hammer was a silly one for me. Good player. Yeah, good player. Uh, Seems good to see you. Thanks, mate. This has been the 60O podcast brought to you by Mint Sports, and that is full time.